0: Been talking about faith, the faith equalizer. The faith equalizer. And I think you'll even learn more about that today. Last week we talked about, or week before last, or whenever it was, head faith being dead, dead faith. If you just have he- head faith, you have dead, dead faith. Now we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Is that right? Our righteousness means nothing, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And if we are righteous, the Bible tells us that the righteous will live by faith. faith. And what does it take to please God? Faith. Faith. So what do we want to get all we can of? Faith. Faith. We want to learn everything that we can about faith. We want to walk in faith. We want to live in faith. We want to wake up in faith. We want to go to bed in faith. We want to dream in faith. Everything we do, we want to do in faith. We don't ever want to sneak up on ourselves and find ourselves not in faith. Right? Like if you could have a little mini-cam recorder and you come up from behind and see yourself, you don't ever want to see yourself not being in a situation of faith. So we, we want to work on it to where we never catch ourselves that way, right? So let's, let's look at a couple of things. We talked about in James where faith without works last week was what? Dead. Dead. We had to put actions to our faith. So we put some actions. Or week before last, I may say last week a few times, but you know what I'm talking about. The last time we were together, okay? We had to put actions to our faith. So over the last week or so, how many of you put some actions to your faith? Yes, yes. It's really important that you put actions to your faith. Well, this week I want to talk to us about faith reactions. You got it? Faith reactions. So we're going to look at a couple of things and see how faith reacts in situations. So did you know that you can actually see faith did you know you can actually perceive if somebody has faith? You can be around somebody and you can tell instantly if they truly have faith or not. You know, one time we were at a camp meeting and Keith and I were sitting there together and you've probably heard him tell this. We were there and, and the man hadn't started talking in two minutes. And Keith leaned over to me and he said, Phil, I like that man. And I said, why? He said, because he's got faith. And I said, yep, you're right. And you can tell people that are people of faith almost instantly. Let's look at a couple of scriptures and you'll see what I'm talking about. Acts 14, 9. In the King James, it says, The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and what? Perceiving that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. The Amplified says it this way. He was listening to Paul as he talked, and Paul gazing intently at him, observing that he had faith to be healed. So you can see faith. Paul observed that this man had faith. The NIV says he saw that he had faith. So if I walk up to you and you're believing you're in faith about something, should I be able to tell you are in faith? say you're believing for a house or say you're believing for a car or say you're believing for a spouse or say you're believing to be healed or say you're believing for uh, your debts to be paid off, should I be able to tell a little while into the conversation if you're in faith or not? You should immediately be able to tell. So you know what? If I can tell, so can other people tell. And most importantly, so can the devil tell, and so can God tell. Faith is perceived. You can tell if somebody's in faith. So we want to make sure that we're not just talking faith with our mouth, but our heads and our bodies are giving off a totally different vibe. Did you know you could talk faith with with words and totally be in doubt? Did you know you could be saying all the right things when you're around people and still not be in faith? Did you know that you could be in faith in the morning and doubt in the afternoon? Did you know you could be in faith one minute and doubt the next minute? Faith is not a complicated thing, but there are things that you have to do to stay in faith. And that's where most people lose it. Do you know if faith worked, kind of like what Rob was saying in the offering, if faith worked worked instantaneously, everybody would receive everything that they were believing for. If you just said, say this gentleman here, what's your name?
1: Harry.
0: Harry. Say, Harry. Harry's believing for a new car. Okay? And Harry says, I claim a new Cadillac. Lord, I thank you for my new Cadillac. And he walks out of church today, and his tore down Impala is a brand new Cadillac. How many times would you get in faith? All the time. All the time. All the time. Okay, what's your name? Grace. Grace. And if his wife, Grace, was believing God for healing, and she'd been having some bad headaches, as quickly as she could take some Tylenol or whatever she would take, she'd say, thank you, Lord, these headaches are gone. And instantly, what would happen? Her headaches were gone. Don't you know that if faith worked that way, the drug companies would go out of
1: business?
0: (laughs) Don't you know if faith worked that way, the automobile dealerships would never have had to go to the government for money? (laughs) The clothing stores would be, I mean, the doors would be broke down if the faith worked and, what's your first name? Arlene. Arlene said, I'm believing God for some new shoes. And all of a sudden, she just had 60 new pair of shoes. (laughs)
1: Is
0: that all she needs? 60? Wow. Close? Does she like shoes? Yep, okay. I don't know a woman that doesn't. (laughs) But if it was instantaneous... If all you had to do is say, Lord, I thank you that I've lost 25 pounds. Amen. And you get up out of your chair and it just falls off. <laughs> How many of you would get in faith to lose 25 pounds? Uh huh. So why doesn't faith happen in people's lives more often? Why don't we get more faith results? Because he's got to stand for this car more than this hour that he's in church. She's got to stand for her healing probably longer than the five minutes that she could take the Tylenol. She's going to stand for these shoes, especially 60 pair. (laughs) longer than it takes for me to speak this sermon today. (laughs) Why is that? Why? Because God's holding it back from us? Because, I'm gonna make it real simple for you, because there is a devil in this world that does not want you to be able to have what you're believing for from God. And he's going to instantaneously the minute that you release your faith for something, he's going to try to stop it. Now, if we were in heaven, you're going to watch and see, you mark my words, I've never been to heaven. I'm not one of the people that's had the, the visions or the dreams of or, or going to heaven. But you watch and see. When we get to heaven, you're going to say, Lord, I, I want some new clothes or I want this or I want that. And watch. It's going to just be there. That's the way to be in heaven. Because there won't be any devil that's going to be able to stop you believing for something. Your faith is going to be instantaneous. I just believe that's the way heaven is going to be. There won't be anything hindering you from receiving what you're believing for from God. But what instantly happens is when he says, Harry says, Okay, I'm believing for this car. What is the very first thing that happens when he says that? Or she says she's believing for her healing. Or she says she's believing for the shoes. What instantly happens then? Come on, think. What, what happens to you? What instantly happens? Does a thought cross your mind? That ain't going to happen for you. That doesn't really happen. That doesn't really work. You're not going to have a new car out there in the parking lot. These things don't really work. You didn't sow enough to get that. Did you sow a car? Then how do you expect to reap a car? Instantly. Do you remember that lie you told? Do you remember how you snapped off at that person? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? And he puts all these thoughts immediately in your mind that keeps you from getting in faith are staying in faith it's his job to instantly put these thoughts in your head he bombards you, he fills that little space up here called your brain with negative things with horrible bad things as to why you'll never get it, I don't care, how many of you has God paid a bill for you before raise your hand I can raise all of mine, that you know the money's come through when you needed it. Okay? How many of you has he done it for twice? How many of you has he done it for three times? How many of you has he done it for four times? Five, six, seven? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, but, now listen to me carefully. Today, you get a call and you say you have to have $5,000 by Wednesday of this week. What is the very first thing the devil's going to tell you? That ain't happening for you. That's too much money. How in the world are you going to get $5,000 by Wednesday of this week? Or $500? Or $50? Whatever the amount is is the very first thing that he does is come to your mind and say, H-O-W, how? But you know what? We do not have to figure out how. We do not have to figure out why. We do not have to figure out when. All we have to do is shut this mind off. Because again, head faith is dead faith. You gotta get this head out of the way. You gotta cut this head thing off. You gotta tell this head a few things. So let's look at a few things that we gotta tell this head. Second Corinthians ten three. Second Corinthians ten three. For though we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Go on. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of this book has to be cast down. That's when your faith wins. That is your faith reaction. Okay, let me explain. By Jesus' stripes you were healed. Does the Bible say that? Yes. That he took all your infirmities and bore all your sicknesses, and with his stripes you were. Were, healed. were healed. But you got this major pain right here. And they just gave you this really, really bad report about how sick you were. And so the devil comes and he sits on your shoulder and he says, you're sick. You're sick, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. Feel this. Uh, think this. Sick, 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 sick. Throw up, throw up, throw up. Pain, pain, pain. Think this. What does he do? He consistently day in, day out, night and day is telling you how to feel, how to think. How to feel, how to think. What is your job in this? What is your only job in this? Cast down every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. You know the biggest war that you have in your life is between these two ears? The biggest battle that you have is between these two ears? It's thinking negative thoughts. It's thinking things that do not agree with God. We need one of those shirts that it's got a big circle on it and it says negative thoughts and you exit out. Because if you could ever X out anything that didn't agree with this and as soon as that thought came to your mind and it was a negative one, you're not healed. Look at your body. You feel that pain, you're not healed. What do you do when that happens? You sit there and you get quiet and you say... Mm-hmm. I am healed in your head. <laughs> Who's going to win that battle? Because he is the master of your thoughts. He can he'll plant thoughts in your head, thoughts and thoughts, and he just bombards you with thoughts and thoughts. Did you hear what they said about you? It wasn't good. <laughs> They don't like you. (laughs) You should be offended. Did you know you're not going to have the money to pay that bill? Do you know you'll never go to college? They'll never be able to send you to college. The devil is constantly looking for the very thing that he knows is going to grate you and plant it right up here in your head. But it's your job. Casting down means to throw down. It means to literally take something and throw it down. Let's see if I got anything I can throw in here. For real, it means you've got something sitting on your head, a thought. It's come and it sat on your head. It's sitting there. You've got to take it. Brother Hagen says it's like a bird. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head. You can't. That bird can fly right over your head. But you can stop that bird from stopping by and building a nest all up in your hair. Can you not? I mean, I think I could stop a bird from doing that in my hair. What about you? That's the way a thought is you can stop a thought from staying up here but you have to stop it it's going to fly by it's going to come but it's your job to take it and throw it down and how many times a day do you have to do that this bird This bird is going to fly over your head in that area that you're believing for 5,000 times a day. You're not going to get it. You're not going to have it. You can't have that you were bad. You can't have that you didn't tithe. You can't have that you didn't give. You can't have that you said the wrong thing. You can't have that you were mean. You can't have that you don't do the right stuff. You can't have that you ain't pretty enough. You can't have that you ate that piece of cake. You're going to gain weight instead of lose weight. And he's going to do it all day long. But what do you have to do? You can't have it, cast it down. You can't have it, cast it down. You can't have it, cast it down. And how many times a day does he tell you something negative? Are we ever supposed to think on something negative? Then why do we? huh cause this flesh likes it this flesh likes to feel sorry for itself this flesh likes to be petted oh bless your heart you poor thing you tried to lose weight but you just couldn't so you just it would be okay They just have to like you for who you are. Bless your little heart. You tried to be healed, but healing's not really for today. It's for everybody else, but it's not for you. That financial stuff. It doesn't really work. That prosperity message, yeah. I, I, I believe all that other stuff Brother Keith te- teaches, but that prosperity stuff, hmm. If he'd just leave that off, you know, he could be a good preacher.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, he'd have to leave off half the Bible. But you've got to cast those thoughts down. you got to tell the devil where to get off. You told your husband where to get off, you can tell the devil where to get off.
1: <laughs>
0: you told your boss where to get off. You told your mother-in-law where to get off. So you know how to do it. You're real versed in it. Just switch gears and use it on the devil. Tell him to get out of there. Tell him to take those thoughts to somebody else that'll listen to him. Because you don't want them. That is a faith reaction. That is how you stand in faith. You're believing God for a house. You know what? We had somebody in the church in Branson. Now, this is a true story. God blessed them with a house that they built paid for. mean they built a beautiful home I mean hundreds of thousands of dollar home they furnished it with new furniture this is God it was a God deal she comes to me and she says you will not believe what the devil told me I said what she said you will never have enough money to sod or plant grass in your yard Now, that's the devil. That's the way he works. He plants these thoughts, and if it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. But people fall for that stuff. They fall for it. You got over that last fight with your husband, but this one, it's over. You can't, you can't get over this one. It's just too big this time. It's just more than you can handle this time. He just did too much. You just did it. It's gone too far now. That's the same thing. Recognize him. It's the same thing as you won't have the money this time. It's the same devil. It's the same thoughts. It's the same thing as you won't be healed this time. It's the same devil. Anything that is negative anything that is not good any everything that is good comes from God everything that is bad comes from yeah. so why do we want to sit around a half a day and fellowship with the devil we do it we sit around a half a day and fellowship with him thinking his thoughts about God We can't have it this time. We can't do it this time. I want to go to Disney World, but we don't have the money. 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 We ain't going to have the money. We can't pay the bills. Christmas is coming up. We ain't going to have the money to do Christmas this year. Y'all don't draw names this year because we don't have the money to exchange gifts. We're not going to have it. Well, Christmas is a month and a half away. Somebody could come up to you and hand you $1,000 today. Why are you professing over your future you ain't going to have the money? Not only are you thinking the devil's thoughts, now you've gone to saying his thoughts. And that's what he's wanting you to do. He's trying his best to get those thoughts from up here to right here. And make you say them with your mouth. And make a profession of faith out of your mouth. I ain't healed. I'm sick. He's been telling you for days you're sick. He's been planting it in your mind you're sick. So now you're going to say it out of your mouth. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. Well, casting down every imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What did God say? By his stripes... We were healed. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. You don't say, I ain't sick. That's not faith. You say, I call my body healed. You're calling those things that be not as though they were. Were I call my body healed? You're not going to have enough money for Christmas, you're not going to have enough money to pay your light bill, much less to buy a Christmas present. We're broke, is that what you say? No, I call my bills paid, I call all my bills paid, I call my bills paid. I call my bills paid. When you see that bill and it looks like you don't have five hundred dollars to pay it, what do you say? I call, my bills paid. I call my bills paid. We have extra for Christmas. We have extra money for Christmas. Do you have extra in your pocket? No. So you're calling those things that be not as though they were. <laughs> we have extra for Christmas. Say it with me real slowly. We have extra for Christmas. We have extra for Christmas. The devil's going to say, you don't have enough to buy anybody a present. You're going to go to your spouse and say, I don't know if we're going to be able to do Christmas this year. We We don't have any extra this year. We just don't have extra to buy presents this year. That's what the devil wants coming out of here. Instead of doing that, If you got any kind of a spouse and you go to them and you say, we're going to have extra this year, what are they going to say with you? Amen. (laughs) We're going to have extra this year. We're going to have extra. These are faith reactions. You're acting out your faith with the reaction against what the devil says. It may look totally opposite of that. It may look like you're at death's door. But you say, I call my body healed. I call my needs met. I call my marriage good, strong. I call my kids sharp. I call them bright. They may say they're the dumbest, dullest tack in the class. But you call them smart and sharp. Never say anything negative over your kids you never confess that they're dumb you never say you couldn't read that if you had to you say you're the best reader in the class you're calling those things that be not as though they are maybe they couldn't read a sentence if they, if, if they had to to save their life but you're calling those things that be not as though they were maybe they've been failing math for 15 years you you get, you grab math quicker than anybody in class. You're sharp. You get it. You understand it the first time they say it. And that's all you say. You're sharp. You're bright. You get it. And it's the same way with your job and your work. I have the nicest boss. I have favor with him. He's all the time being nice to me. It's so much better than saying the devil stuff. He hates me. I just think he's out to get me. I think he makes me work harder than anybody else. Well, what you're doing is lining up right there with the devil and saying exactly what the devil wants you to say. So then it gives him an open door to make that happen in your life. You just prophesied over your own life. And what do you want to come to pass? You want him to be an evil boss? or you want him to be a nice boss. This old car, I don't guess it'll make it to the grocery store another time. This car will run, run, run till I get ready to sell it. I never have to work on this car. It's got 300,000 miles on it. and It just goes and goes and goes like the Energizer Bunny. What do you want to happen in your life? These are faith reactions. Can you tell? Can you perceive if someone is in faith? How can you perceive it? By what comes out of here? By how they look. If you see somebody that's go, that says, "Yep, I'm in faith for my money." I I'm in faith for my money for my new house I'm in faith for my new car but they're walking around like this hi Tom how you doing oh I'm good I'm in faith you're in what I'm in faith I'm believing that all my bills are paid do you believe it Just because he said the right thing with his mouth? The joy of the Lord is your strength. strength. So that's why the devil is constantly trying to steal it from people. You can be strong in the Lord by kicking him aside. Keith has a saying, never pet a powder. Pouter, er somebody that's Pouting. Pouter, you know what a pouter is? Somebody that their bottom lip is touching the floor. They're pouting. They want you to feel sorry for them. Never pet them, because if you pet them, you're you're getting you're siding with the devil then. And who wants to be on the devil's side? No, you encourage them to get in faith. That's what will help them. Whether they know it or not, that's what will help them. You never pet a powder. It does not matter how bad things are going for them. It doesn't matter if it if it really is severely bad in their life. It doesn't matter if they just lost their job, if they just lost. Look at Job. He just lost his, his family, his wife, his kids, everything he had. He is about to lose his body. It doesn't do any good to pet. What you have to do is somebody around you needs to be in faith. And a lot of times there's only one person out of 50 that's in faith. So you might be the one that is. Somebody needs to be in faith. You have to take those imaginations and those thoughts and those negative things that the devil is feeding you about that situation and you have to throw them, literally throw them down. And you may think it in five minutes and then again in five minutes, it's going to come again. You're never going to amount to nothing. Look at you. You're already 50 years old and what do you have to show for it? Hey, well, i got another 50, 60, 70 to go. My second half's going to be way better than my first half. You ain't seen nothing yet, Mr. Devil. You better get out of the way. I'm just now warming up. And kick him in the teeth. Don't let him tell you that stuff. When he starts that stuff with me, man, I get some, some loud words going and I start yelling and I start screaming and I start telling him, putting him back in his place. And I can get pretty loud. If you don't know me, I am very animated. And I do not like the devil. And I don't like giving it in place. The minute that those feelings of being down in the dumps and pulling the cover over your head comes and feeling sorry for yourself, where is that coming from? Who is that coming from? Why wouldn't you win? Why wouldn't you be able to succeed? Is it because of your lot in life? Is it because you were poor? Is it because you came from a, a bad family? Is it because you didn't know the word growing up? Is it because you came from the wrong side of the tracks? Is it because you came from this other country? What reason would you have for not succeeding? The title of this series is Faith, the Equalizer. Let's see if it does. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew 15. Verse twenty-two. And behold, a woman of Canaan. Now let me explain to you a little bit about the Canaan people. The Canaan people were a horribly sinful group of people. They did prostitution in the temple. They uh, did every kind. They worshipped every kind of god that there was. Not only did they do that, they killed their babies and ate them. I mean, they they worshipped up their children. I mean, it was just, they were a horrible group of people. And this is a Canaanite woman that's come to Jesus. So they don't get a whole lot worse than her as far as the Bible is concerned. So listen to the story and see what happened. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Keep going. But he answered her, not a word. He ignored her. Well, now right there, 99% of the people in the church would be offended. The minister ignored me. I was talking directly to him, and he ignored me. I'm offended. And they would have left and gone home. Offended and without, unhealed and without their daughter's healing. Oh, y'all got quiet. (laughs) Jesus did it. I didn't do it. Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him after she was not offended. And he said ugly, not, nothing to her, not, not even ugly, just nothing, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and he said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. So now not only did he ignore her, he called her a dog. So she wasn't offended at the first. She's really offended now, right? Because he called her a dog. But how did she respond? Keep going. She said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Keep going. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, what? Great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that hour. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're from the wrong side of the tracks. You didn't grow up around the Word. You didn't have anybody to teach you the Word. You have nothing. You know nothing. Nothing. What is stopping you from becoming very, very, very healthy, very, very, very smart, very, very, very rich, very, very in control of your life? What? What? What is causing you to be the lowest person on the totem pole? I'm waiting. Your lack of faith. Your lack of believing God. Nothing or no one can stop you from attaining to any level that you want to be at. Nobody can stop you from getting that job you want. Nobody can stop you from being as smart as you want. Nobody can stop you from having anything you want. It's your faith that controls where you get to. Your faith. You can go to God. It, turn to Mark 11, 24. Brother Hagan wrote this verse in case y'all are wondering. <laughs> Therefore I say unto you, what things soever the Moors desire, when they pray and believe, they shall receive them. Is that what that verse says? Read it with me, please. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever, what's that next word? What things soever you desire. Now, who is a you in here? Okay, what about the rest of y'all? What are you, an alien? (laughs) How many yous do we have in here? Every person in here, what things so ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall, them. you shall have them. The only thing that's stopping you from having them is this head. This head and feeling sorry for yourself and saying, nobody gives me anything and nobody does anything for me. God will do everything for you. He's already done everything for you. You don't need anybody to do anything for you. All you need is faith in God. That's all you need. You're looking at two people when Keith and I are standing up here that that's the only thing that changed our life. We were living in a 1969 Marriott mobile home that could not pay enough bills to eat. We had to grow a garden to feed ourselves. We had nothing. It was so cold in that trailer that in the wintertime in Mississippi, southern Mississippi, the water froze in the toilets. And the only thing that has brought us from there to here is believing God and using our faith. Nobody, no human person helped us pay for these churches other than individuals God dealt with to do it along the way. No ministry, not the Hagans, not the Copelands, not anybody, individuals, individuals that God dealt with. Faith in God will get you whatever you can believe for, whatever he deals with you about. You can have it, whether it's a new house, a new car, a spouse, a better marriage, a new job, healing. All you need do is look to him and quit looking out here beside you Because most likely, the person that you're looking to doesn't have a whole lot more than you. Most people are trying to do all they can do to keep their head above water themselves. They're using their faith as much as they can to stay afloat. So for you to go and just stand on somebody's shoulder and pressure them and say, do this for me, do this for me, whether it's your spouse or your boss or anybody else, do you think they have any more faith than you do? You can come out of this and grow and grow and grow. But what you have to do is when the devil says you can't have it, shut him down. Take that thing and cast it down. Throw it down. You can have whatever you can believe for. This woman should not have been able to receive anything from the Lord because at that time she wasn't a Jew. She wasn't anybody he was trying to give anything to. But what happened? She used her faith. faith. Great is her faith. Let's look at another one. There's another woman that the Lord tells about. Mark 5, verse 25. And there was a certain woman who had an issue of blood 12 years. You may say, this thing in my life has gone on for so long and suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had. And nothing was better, but as a matter of fact, it was getting worse. How many of you can raise your hand? Uh-huh. You've been that way for a long time, and it's not getting any better, it's getting worse. I got your answer this morning. When she heard Jesus, and he came in the press behind, and touched his garments, garment, for she said, If I may but touch his clothes, Sounds like faith to me. I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus said immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, he turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? In other words, she didn't even ask him if she could. She just took a healing and didn't even ask Jesus about it. She just said, I'll take that, thank you very much. (laughs) Well, it already belongs to you. You can take it. Did he fuss at her? When he looked around about to see what that thing had been done, the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell about him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, what? Your Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. He didn't say, my healing power has made you whole. He didn't say anything that he did had made her whole. What did he say? Her faith faith made her whole. Her faith made her whole. That's what will make you whole. You going to Jesus and you say, "By His stripes, I'm healed," and you let nothing else come out of your mouth. It doesn't matter if they say you have terminal cancer. It doesn't matter if they say you have MS. It doesn't matter if they say you have Crohn's disease. It doesn't matter if they say you have AIDS. We've seen every one of those things healed. Every one of them. All you have to do is you have every time a thought comes, MS is incurable. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Jesus can cure anything. I'm healed of MS. AIDS is incurable, the devil will say. AIDS is incurable. Every day he'll sit on your AIDS is incurable. AIDS is incurable. And that's what he'll tell you. AIDS is incurable. That's all he'll play. He'll play that recording over and over and over over again. You're going to die with AIDS. And all you have to say is... By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I am healed. I will be healed. I'm healed, 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 healed. But you know what happens? People like to feel sorry for themselves. And if they're having a bad day, they want other people to feel sorry for them. And they want to be able to lay around and somebody pet them and bring them their breakfast in bed.
1: <laughs>
0: and they want somebody to pet them and say, it's going to be okay. You deserve the rest in bed today. You're a sick girl. Huh? Are you sick? Nope. No. Do you want to die sick? No. Brother Hagin said this one time. He said, When he was down so bad, he said sometimes he just felt like he was just going to die that day. He said he never once again went home and got into the covers and got in the bed. He said because to him, that was giving in to the sickness. He said he'd lay on the sofa. He'd lay on the top of the covers. But he never gave in and got in the bed with a sickness. Do you understand what he's saying? Amen. He never gave it place in his life. If you have the flu, if you have whatever's wrong with you, and you say, I'm sick today, and you give totally into it, and you get in bed, and you go get your bottle of NyQuil, and you go get your Kleenex box, and you get your Secrets, and you get your candies, whatever you do for a cold, and you get all prepared with your trash can by your bed. You're going to be there for a while. You're going to be there for a while. But if you get up and you're sniffling and you feel like you're throwing up and you feel like you're just sick as a dog and you start saying, by Jesus stripes I was healed and you wipe the, the sweat off your brow and you get in the shower and you make yourself get up and go, you're going to find out by 10 o'clock that morning. What happened to them flu symptoms? Amen. What, what happened to them? Huh? How many of you ever done it? Uh-huh. And what happened to the flu symptoms? But what about that person that stayed home with the flu? A week later, they're still home with the flu in bed. If you give in to something that the devil puts in your path, you're going down, down, down. It's your choice as to what you yield to of the devil. She had to get up out of her bed and find Jesus in that crowd and touch his garment. She'd been sick for 12 years, but she wanted change in her life. And sometimes when you don't feel good, you want to lay around. You want to do nothing. Sometimes when everything looks like it's against you and you're losing everything you've got and the devil says, file bankruptcy and sue this person and do this, the last thing you want to do is not do it. Your flesh wants to do that sort of thing. Why? Because the devil is pushing. He's a pusher. And he's like a drug pusher. Drug pushers, if they see somebody that's been on drugs and trying to get off of them, what are they going to do? They're going to come, you know you want it. You know, you know, i got some stuff, man, those feelings, of that pain, it'll be gone. You can have it for free. I'll give you the first round on me. And that's the way the devil is. is. He'll push it. Now, God's not going to push you. He's going to say, here it is. Come, Come over here. You're safe over here. Come over here. Get out of that stuff. Come over here. And you have to act. You have to get up and go there. Or you have to say, I call my body healed. You have to have a faith reaction. You have to do something. You have to call your body healed. You have to call your needs met. You have to have a faith reaction. If you don't do anything, you're giving place to the devil. Faith has actions and reactions. There's things that you have to do. Now, you may say, well, I'm not poor, and I'm not down sick like these people were. Well, okay, great. Let's look at another one. Matthew 8, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Now, a centurion was like the head of the armies. He was a lead man, beseeching him, and said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that the Jews should even come under my roof. But speak your word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So it does not matter... Your lot in life. You may be the wealthiest person in this church. Or you may be a pauper and not have anything. Everybody's life is ruled by faith faith in God. And you'll get wherever you're going by faith in God. Everything that you need can put you at equal levels with anybody or higher than anybody by faith in God. It doesn't matter how low you are. It doesn't matter how high you are. You can come up above everybody or you can stay where you are. But the thing about it is you can't blame anybody else. Nobody can say, it's your fault I am where I am. Nobody can say, it's your fault I don't have the money to pay my light bill. Nobody can say, it's your fault that I'm not healed. It's our job to encourage and help people, but nobody can blame anybody else for their status in life Amen. because God made us all equal. Yes. The minute that He gave us His Word and He gave us faith, He says you can have anything that you can believe for. Yes. How many of you are believing for something? That's what I thought. Look at this next verse. Romans fifteen thirteen. This is how we're going to perceive if you're believing or not. From here on out, you walk into the church, we're going to have a lot of spiritual antennas out. Right? Everybody's going to be perceiving whether people's in faith or not. This is how we're going to tell. Now, the God of all hope fill you with all what? Joy. And what? Peace. In believing. In believing. If you that may be abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you are really believing, what are going to be your two indicators joy and peace? Joy and peace. If you're really, really in faith, you're going to have two indicators you're going to have joy. And nobody's gonna have to wake you up in the morning and say, "Okay, come on, Diane, it's you're you're supposed to be happy today. Come on, get that happy smile on, Diane. You're in faith today. Hallelujah. Nobody's gonna have to, you know, those old Jack in the Box is gonna have to crank you up to get you stirring in the morning. Da 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 Nobody should have to do that to you. Because you are in control of you. And if you're really, really, really believing for something, you know it's killing your faith for whatever you're believing for. Do you know Brother Hagin told a story about somebody in their healing? And I hope I get it right. Some of you have probably heard it, so if I get it wrong, y'all help me out. About one of his um, church members was in, in the hospital. And he said he was laying there in the hospital bed, and he said Jesus Himself came to his hospital room, and said he came in the hospital room, and this man was laying on the bed, and he came to him, and he said Jesus spoke to him. He said I'm here to heal him, and G- and the Lord spoke to uh, Brother Hagen about it and said. Uh, so he told the man, he said, he's here. Get up. Jesus is here to heal you. And the man got up and he took a step and he fell back down on the side of his bed. And he said, I just can't do it. I'm just too weak. And he said, Jesus' hands were not this far from him. They're ready to heal him. And he says, I just can't do it. I'm just too weak. And Jesus said, man, he's here to heal you. Just take a step. Get to him. Why? Because... Faith has to... You have to have an action to your faith. You have to step towards Him. He's going to come to you, but you have to have an act. You have to go towards Him. And he said, he got right up next to Jesus. He said, I just can't do it. And he turned around and fell on his bed. And he said, and Jesus Himself, the head of the church, was there to heal him. Did I tell it right? And I think that's what's happening in a lot of people's lives about their faith. I think that, stand up, Rob. Now, like five people come over here and stand up real quickly. Doesn't matter what, five, come on. Five people. Yeah, there we go. Six, seven, whatever. Stand up. That's good. Craig, stay up. That's good. Five or six of y'all. Just face, face Rob. This is what I think is happening. Line up long ways like this. One one across the the way to the other. Yeah, like that. Okay? This is your faith object over here. Okay? You're you're believing for a car or a house or healing. Okay? This is it. You're believing for it. Okay? You get in faith in the morning. You make your faith confessions. Take two or three steps forward. You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. Keep going. You make your faith confessions. You do a stay. Okay, stop. Okay? Then you do. You take a few steps in faith and you go, okay, and then you stop. Then you take a few steps in faith and you go and you go and you go and you go and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and then you stop. And then you do the same thing. You make your faith confession and then you hear some bad news and you do what? You stop. Then you make your faith confessions and you keep going. Whoa, you stop. You were believing for some money and somebody needed some and you got out of faith and you just got bitter about it and you got sad. And then you get in faith, and you go, 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 and you, go, and you stop. <laughs> and I think that's what happens to people all along the way. They're going, and the answer is here. And it's like what we said in that faith adventure last, a few weeks ago about the cars. The answer is still there. You have to pick up your faith where you were and you dropped it. You have to pick it up. You don't have to go back to start. You have to pick it up where you left off and got depressed or got miffed or got mad or got bitter or got hurt or got offended or got whatever it is. You pick it up where you left off and it's shorter distance to the end to where you were than all the way back at the beginning. And how close is Craig? Craig? All right, Craig, get your answer. That's all it is. You see what I'm saying? The rest of y'all, get your answer. It may be a week. It may be a day. It may be a month. It may be six months. But if you stay with it, you will get your answer. But the thing about it is, thank you, guys. But the things in the Spirit are not real to people. They're not real to people. But the answer is here waiting on people. It's waiting and it's waiting and it's waiting. But what happens is you do something and condemnation comes in and you just stop believing. Right. Yeah. Or something sets in and you think, I'm not worthy of healing. Look at me. I'm a pitiful excuse for a Christian. And that's all the devil has to do. And, and he steals our faith. When God said, I'm still here, I did not move. Your answer's still here. It's you that stopped your answer, not God. He's still there ready to get. Canaan's land never moved. It never moved. It was them that kept falling and stopping and turning and going. And that's what happens to us. Sometimes some of these people, they go round and round in circles. The same circle day after day. And the answer's right there. And they and, and even like Craig, as close as he was, he could stand right there in that circle, as close to Rob as he was, and keep going round and round in circles. That close to his answer. And all the while his answer is right there. All he's got to do is get his head out of it and say, No, devil, I'm healed. My needs are met. You can't tell me that anymore. And turn about face and go. In the right direction, but you got to keep that head out of it. Head faith is Dead. dead faith. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of that today? I think it'll come back to your remembrance whether you realize it or not, whether you know it or not. Craig, come on up here and dismiss us today. You got a microphone right there by your feet. Grab it and do it. Since you got your answer today, dismiss us today.
2: Glory to, God. Glory to God. Well, did you get it? Yes. Now we got to do it, right? Yes. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. But you know, to be able to receive this, what we need to do, though, we need to know the Master. Not know of Him, know Him. And He's so close to us, He's right there just waiting for us. So if there's anybody in here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior... You know, it doesn't make what your background is. It doesn't make what you've done. It doesn't make what you've come from. It doesn't make any difference to any of that. It's the fact that he's already paid the price. Yes. And this step of faith is the easiest step to take and the most important. It's a believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. And the anointing is here for you to receive that. So just close your eyes with me. And just say this out of your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, for paying the price for me, for doing for me what I couldn't do. And that price now has been paid. He paid a great price, one that I can freely receive. And now by faith, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart, leading me, guiding me, and directing me in Jesus' name. Now, you just need to raise your hand and thank Him because you're, all, you're in the kingdom. That's it. Now, just as Miss Phyllis was telling us today how the devil's going to come and try to talk you out of that, He can't. When that that thought will come, no, you really didn't mean that. No, that really didn't happen. That's when you stand up and do just exactly what she taught us here today to do. No, on November the 24th, I believed in my heart, I spoke with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord, and that settles it forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and sing something. As they're singing, altar workers...